of the Black in Fashion podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Make sure you guys are sending in your black notes. Make sure you guys are contributing to the I Am BNF campaign. You can submit your black notes and your BNF videos via the Black in Fashion podcast email. You can also welcome to DM them or share them on your social sites so that we can refurbish them on ours. <laughs> so guys, today I am joined by Kelvin. Um, this Kelvin Davis to be exact. Kelvin is a uh, model, an author, and a body positive activist. Um, he does a body positive menswear blog that inspires men of all shapes and sizes to feel confident in themselves. So we're going to get to know Calvin, Kelvin a little bit today. Kelvin, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from and when like that fashion bug hits you and just how you got started in um, being a model, author, and body positive activist? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I am from Columbia, South Carolina, born and raised. Um, and the fashion bug has always really like been like a part of me. I've always been into art and into fashion, especially as a kid. And, you know, it was really, I guess, really around like middle school when I started to really take fashion seriously and take it as a work of art and really understand that the way people dress are is like is their way of depicting their personality and showing people and showing the showing the world who they are right and i took that into accountability whenever i would dress for certain occasions or for certain things at school i would always you know you know i would wear like a red shirt maybe if i was feeling very you know saucy on that day and feeling like very bold and happy and bright you know and there's days where I would wear more muted colors based off of my, based off of my, my like mood. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, fashion has always been a part of my life, but it wasn't really until middle school where the like seriousness of it hit me and it hit me like fashion is like literally a tool of art and this is how we can use it. Gotcha. So I have a segment that I want to get into. This segment is called This or That. I usually do it at the beginning of the episode as like a little icebreaker. But since we're talking okay. about style, I'm like, I'm going to wait a little bit. So uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about yourself and so I can, be, I can go into it. <laughs> so this segment okay, cool. is actually sponsored by uh, Charmaine Michael of the CM Design Agency. Um, she's a startup okay. fashion brand consultant with 30 plus years of experience in the New York fashion industry. And she's helping startup designers to brand and lodge like like a pro using their proven pre-selling strategy to learn how to position your brand for success with pre-selling so you can get to working on capital to fund your production run so you'll not want to miss this training if you want your brand to stand apart from the rest she's offering a 20 percent promo code exclusively for our listeners cmda times bnfp and i will definitely put that in the show notes so i'm gonna go with this our little this or that segment so uh, let's go from the top. So, dad hats or fedoras? Ooh, fedoras. V-necks or crewnecks? Crewnecks. Motorcycle or varsity jacket? Ooh, <laughs> man. I'm going to go with motorcycle jacket. Okay. Uh, a boot cut or a slim fit? Slim fit. Nike or Adidas? No, Nike. <laughs> 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 I love throwing that one in at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Go ahead, Nike or Adidas. Nike. 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 Oh, okay. I was like, check some yeah, yeah, stripes. Yeah. You better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nike. Nike. Okay. And last one, shawl collar or notch collar? Say, the, say that one one more time. A shawl collar or a notch lapel? Like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely notch. I okay. feel like shawls are only for, like, tuxes. Like, I feel like they don't look right on just, like, a regular blazer. I didn't see them. I've been seeing them, like, on little casual, like, little athleisure ones. I'm like, that's interesting. Because I see you see them, like, on sweaters yeah. and, like, pullovers, like, in the wintertime. But I've been, I'm yeah. like, okay, all right. I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them more. I'm like, okay. Okay, okay. All right, cool. So tell me a little bit about, like, being an author. Like, is it hard to, like, write a book? Like, I really want to know, like, what's that like and, like, how you can, like, you know, express style and all these things through words and not visuals. Of course. Yeah, honestly, writing a book was top three hardest things I've ever done. I'm never going to cast. Like, <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because, A, I was writing the book when I was a full-time teacher still, and I was like doing my blog and transitioning out of my teaching career into like the fashion world. So I had like a lot of, I had like a lot of moving parts going on. Mm -hmm. When I was writing it, I felt like if I didn't have, if I was just writing the actual book, like I didn't have to teach, I didn't have to be a dad, I didn't have to like do all the things that are like in my life at that time. I would have said it would have been a little bit easier, but because of all those moving parts, it made it extremely more difficult. It was already hard enough because, you know, when you're writing a book, you want to be as accurate as possible. And you're like looking back at stories and you're trying to remember, like, do you remember it well? Do you remember this well? Because I didn't want to tell a story and like my mom be like, that's not the way that shit happened. Like, that's not happened. <laughs> right? You. You know, so I wanted to like make sure that everything was accurate, A, and then all the spelling was right, and you know, that I clearly got the message across that I wanted because this book was marketed towards uh, black boys from the age of like 12, really, to like whoever needs it, really, to like 50 nowadays. Because I mean, people, I mean, I mean, you know, like people just need all the help that they can get, right? So you know, it, it, it was marketed for that demographic. So I kept in mind that these are all the things that I teach in my classroom. Mm -hmm. So this book is just an extension of what I mentor and teach in these young black boys that I do. And I'm going to put it in a form of a book and give it to the world. Gotcha. Ooh, that yeah. sound hard. And then, like, the whole publishing process, like, did you go through a company? Did you do it yourself? Like, what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, so I actually was fortunate enough to have a publishing agency reach out to me, and they actually inquired me to write this book. I had no intentions of ever writing a book. They wanted me to do it. They were like, you know, uh, we want a book about being a modern-day gentleman, but we want a realistic point of view, especially from a black male. And the, like, publisher was like, you know, We've done a lot of research and, you know, you are our guy and we want you to write it. If you are okay with that, let us know, blah, blah, blah. We'll see you over like a contract and stuff. And at that time I was like, shit, like, I mean, wait, am, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is a lot. I don't know if I can tackle writing this book. Cause I was like, you know, do you want like a children's book? Cause I can do a children's <laughs> book. Right. Or do you want like a novel? 
And she was like, no, I want, like, a book. Like, I want you to explain what the modern-day gentleman is to you, and I want you to, like, you know, just be you. Whatever you write on your blog, however you are, we want that in a book form. I was like, okay. So I honestly wasn't about to do it. I was like, you know, I have too much on my plate. You know, uh-uh. like, you guys are going to have to get somebody else to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know, if you don't tell this story, then who's going to? And that just, like, made me think in, like, in my head, like, there's so many black boys that don't have positive representation. They don't have a positive role model. They don't have all these things that, you know, other, like, cultures have, right? So I was like, you know, I teach a lot of these boys that look up to me, and a lot of them came from single mother homes, and they looked up to me as being, like, their, like, their mentor, their, like, guy. Like, they would take advice from me they would like you know come to me sometimes crying i mean i'm talking about like hard like thug eighth grade boys that like think like think think that they're hard Mm -hmm. like they would come to my art classroom crying to me about feelings and like like, and like how they felt right so i was like you know it really is important for me to do this i need to suck it up and just write and write this book and when i started you know it was kind of like once you're in the thick of it you kind of just like you kind of just have like tunnel vision and you Mm -hmm. just go for it and that was really my whole process was that you know somebody has to tell the story somebody has to be there somebody has to do it if not me then who else i love that so it was a calling now it came down to being a calling as much as like i got too much going on but this is a calling a calling and i have to do it for sure yeah i definitely took it as like a calling a a blessing because it's like how many people like have worked their entire like life to write a book right and have never got it published have you know what I'm saying I was like this is an opportunity of a lifetime for me to write a book to have it published out to the world like this is like I mean this doesn't happen very often mm. right so yeah, yeah. right about that I hear that so I have a segment called it's a success <laughs> Or it's a disaster. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell me or give us a story about a time where something went really like completely bad in your business? So, so I know like you've you know, like been like building an e-commerce platform and a blog, and you've been a teacher and you've done all these different things, especially in the entrepreneurship world. Can you tell me about something that just went really bad in your business, but you used it as a learning experience and started to incorporate something different in the way you do business? For sure. Yeah. Oh man. Let me think. Hmm. There's probably one that stands out to me the most. So, like I said, whenever I was transitioning to like this full-time fashion career, I was like still teaching, right? So, um, there was a time where whenever I was teaching, there was a underwear there. There, there was an underwear ad of me out, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of my students were aware of this, right? So I had to make up this lie that I had a twin brother. You're like, dog, what? So I had to make up this lie that I have like a twin brother, right? Because I'm like, I do not want these kids like looking at me in like a different way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you know, I am like their teacher. Like, I don't want them. But looking at me like I saw this man in his drawers, like on the <laughs> internet, like this is not okay, right? So I told him, I said, you know, 
a lot of you guys have seen this ad. Da, da, da. I want you guys to know it's not me. It is my twin brother. They're like, oh, man. Okay, cool, cool. So they were like, you know, asking me questions like, what's your twin brother's name? I was like, his name is Kevin. You know, I was just like, shit. I was like, Kevin and Kelvin, right? Kevin and oh, Kelvin. Like, you know? I was just like, giving out. I was just like, you know, I was just like bullshitting names, right? And uh... then, you know, I kept this lie. So I thought the lie was just for this day, right? I was like, okay, that was a pretty good lie that I told my seventh grade class. Hopefully, I won't have to repeat any of the information because I forgot half of what I said, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the thing is, my dad told me a long time, a time ago, you always remember the truth, but you will forget a lie, right? True. So yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm going to probably, I'm like, hopefully they won't ask again, right? So <laughs> a couple of months go, 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 go by, and I have a a Target ad that comes out. And they're like, Miss Davis, we saw your twin brother in like a, a Target ad. It looked really cool. And I was like, I was like, huh? They were like, yeah, like your twin brother was the Target. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, he's doing amazing things, all this stuff. And then what got me was, because you know, like the seventh and eighth graders fell for it, right? But my sixth graders were the ones that called me on my bullshit. Really? They were like, they were like, you the know, they were, it's funny that like we follow you on Instagram, and every time you're gone, your twin brother's gone too. Like, y'all like are gone at like the same time. Like, <laughs> whenever you're not here, your twin brother is like out in LA or he's here or there. And you know, even though y'all are twins, like y'all like sound alike too. I said, like, yeah, I mean we're twins. Like we, I mean we're like identical, right? And they were like, Mr. Davis, come on now. Like, stop. Like, Not them stop clocking you? Huh? Not them clocking you? Like, trying to yes, trying to be like, Inspector Gadget? Exactly. So, <laughs> call me out, right? And then I'm like, you know what? You guys got me, you know. I lied. You know, I do not have a twin brother. And my seventh graders, though, didn't, but, like, they did not believe me. They were like, Mr. Davis... That's not you. Like, that is your twin brother. So, like, my sixth graders were like, no, we knew you were lying. My seventh graders were like, Mr. Davis, that's not you. Like, you not that cool. Like, that's not you. Like, that's that. That is your twin brother. I'm like, no, I don't have a twin brother. I lied to you. I'm sorry. I lied. <laughs> so that's the moment where I take where I was like, okay, now, whenever I, like, have people ask me about, like, what I do for a living, because there was a point in time where, you know, I didn't really want to explain, I guess, what I did for a living because it came off as, like, bragging. Well, it came off to me as if, like, if somebody asked me, like, what of like, you know, like, what do you do for a, a living, right? And I go on this tangent about me being in the fashion industry and model for Target. You know, it, it to me, it sounds like I'm bragging, mm -hmm. and I don't want to come off in that way. I'm just giving information. But in my mind, I'm like, does this person think I'm, like, bragging? Do they think I'm trying to, like, overboast my, like, success like do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so now i take it as you know what if people think i'm like boasting and bragging because they ask me a question and i answer it then that's on them right like i should not have to like i should not have to feel the need to tell somebody that i have a twin that that i have a twin brother <laughs> that's true but yeah you went yeah. all in with that one now that just that just cracked me all the way up i did <laughs> i like i mean and i was like i was hella committed too. I was like, you know what? I I was I was like my twin brother, he's he lives in California, his name is Kevin, you know, da, da, da. I was like giving I was like, this is not gonna go well. 
<laughs> and you had the you had a whole plant. That's cra- That's hilarious. I'm sorry. Like that's probably the funniest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is hilarious. That's what's up. So tell me. Uh, I know you. You're from South Carolina. Are you still based there? I am. Yes, ma'am. Do you find that it's harder, like, to work in like the fashion world when you're in the South? Because it's quite crazy. Cause I got that question today. I spoke on a panel today at Harlem Fashion Row, and I had a lot of yeah. kids um, from Norfolk um, University and fashion, and a lot of them are, you know, from Virginia, from South Carolina. And they, I was like, you know, what do you do when you're like in a place where like your resources are like limited, you know, and like how, you know, it's hard to get into that fashion space when you're in a small town. And my response was like actually it's the complete opposite because you got a niche market you know like i live exactly i live in new york yeah but most of my clients are in atlanta and in texas because they don't have the resources there so that's actually the best place to be in so have you found it hard and challenging where you are to create a name for yourself in the fashion world and what has that process looked like for you i haven't i actually agree with you i agree the fact that because I'm from South Carolina and because I am like this entity that lives here that I'm like a rare breed. So I get, I, I, I honestly feel like I've become, I've had a lot of success because of that reason. And I feel like now because of social media, if a brand wants your, your talent, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. They will fly you out. They will come and get you especially if they want to, right? Because mm-hmm. I live here, and people still find it hard to be- believe that I've been, like, the face of Target for, like, almost, like, seven years now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait, so how do you model for Target but live here? I was like, well, I get on a thing called an airplane. And I, like, go and, like, do the photo shoot, and then I take the airplane back, and I come back home, and right. I, like, still live here, right? But, so, but, but it's like a lot of people don't understand that concept because – they are so they are so used to the fact that you have to live in LA, New York, or like a bigger city to like be successful in whatever, right? But it's like now since social media and it's like it's the power of so social media, right? If you have a talent, if you have a have a niche or niche, however you want to say it, hmm. is it niche or niche? I say them both. Like it depends on what I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Use them both. <laughs> so I feel like if you have a niece that is very, you know, marketable and very uh, accessible to a brand, they will spend the money to come and get you, whether you're in South Carolina, Texas, Oklahoma. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just the fact that a lot of people that live in those places, they think that they can't do that, so they don't try. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what that. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, and that's what that's what I said. I was like, that don't mean nothing. <laughs> I'm like, no, where it you does. It yeah. means absolutely nothing. Right. I'm like, you gotta, and you can create your own opportunities too. It's like, honestly, a lot of the the, the kids I talk to today, we want to be entrepreneurs anyway. I'm like, I feel yeah. like you do need to work. Like, if you want to work with somebody, yeah, you might have to, you know, come to New York for a little bit or go someplace where it is. But like that entrepreneurship, you can start a business anywhere. Oh, and, yeah. and you just target, you know, different aspects of that business to different cities, you know, and then it ends up working out for you. Like, little do you know, you know? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk. That's oh, the beauty ahead. of it. That's right. That's the perfect part of it. Like, is that dang, yeah. I actually am able to 
create my own opportunity in this space and bring business to me or like you said get flued out <laughs> yeah right yeah, get yeah. flued out baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so I want you to tell me about that moment that you found out you got nominated for that NAACP award Ooh, what man. that moment I was felt like actually, I was actually in the Bahamas at the time I was doing a photo shoot for a clothing brand and I got the email from my publisher and I literally like my heart skipped like five million beats. I did not know what to, I was like, wait, wait, what? Cause I knew like, I mean, for me, obviously I wrote the book. So I'm like, this shit is gold. Like I know it is cause I wrote it. Like, right. You can't tell me nothing. Right. <laughs> I was like, I know it's good cause I, 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 I did it. I stand 10 toes down on the work that I did. It's great. But to have like a committee of like, you know, people to like read my book and to like really think of it as a outstanding literary work of the year and to be nominated with like Oprah and like Usher. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win, but it is so awesome as the fact that like I got nominated. Right. And it was like, you know, whenever I went to the, um, I went to the award show in Pasadena with my mom and uh, it was, you know, just amazing to see, like, all of the actors and actresses that I've, like, idolized my entire life, like, mm -hmm. sitting in the same audience as me. It was surreal to see, like, uh, Jordan Peele, to see uh, Daniel Kaluuya, is that Daniel Kaluuya from Get to Get Out? Uh, uh -huh. Like, I was just so many people, I was like, dude, these, these are, like... This is, it, and it, it hit me right then. I was like, you know, I've like, I've reached a level of success in a way that like, you know, I felt almost like, I felt very proud of what I did. Cause at that time, you know, there's moments where when you do stuff and you have goals and when you accomplish them, you still have like a little bit of a void. Like, you know, like you're like, it's almost like, you have this goal and you do it and then you're like, you know, that goal didn't satisfy me the way that I thought it was yeah, going I to. I love that. And you're like, I kinda I kinda want more. But with the NAACP image awards, that was like a moment, like a rare moment for me where I was completely like at peace. I was satisfied. I was like, if if I win, if I don't win, I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy that like somebody or a lot of people thought that my book was worthy enough to be amongst like Morgan Freeman like what the hell like that's you know what I'm saying like that's crazy to me gotcha yeah I know, you know I, yeah. I would be like well one thing I, I don't know I'm gonna go backwards just a little bit you said you was in the Bahamas did you uh did you try a conch salad I did not. You didn't? I'm like, that's one of the most popular things there. I went there for my birthday this year. One thing I can say, that shit was expensive as hell. Not just, the, not the country island, but the Bahamas as a whole. I was there yeah, for yo, six yo, days. Yo, it's yo, so, yo. I've been to, I've been to plenty of islands. But that goddamn Bahamas, I'm like, woo child. Like, I spent more than that than I spent <laughs> in Belize. I spent more than yeah. I spent in Paris and London combined. I'm like, but I had a good time though. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? I did. I, I did. I, I had a great time. But I'm like, God damn, Bahamas. Like, I might as well be in Miami yeah. or Vegas. It's like one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so the conch salad, was it like fried conch or was it like? No, it was like 
it was cold. Like, it was chopped up. It kind of reminded me of, like, ceviche. Oh. But it was, like, way better oh. and it was spicy. Like, if you got a cold, it'll clear your ass right up. I'll tell you that much. Okay, <laughs> but it was delicious. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so, before we get up out of here, I have one last segment. It's called It's a Muse. So, if there is any, like, a mantra, an affirmation, a prayer, a ritual, anything that you'd like to share that you do that just keeps you motivated, consistent, um, that you'd like to share with another creative. Yes. Uh, I have a saying or a mantra that I live by, and my dad told me this this saying or mantra when I was probably like a junior in high school. He told me, don't be the person that finds four quarters and complains it wasn't a dollar bill. Ooh. Okay. I was like, huh? And then I didn't, and I really, it really didn't register to me mm-hmm. until I like got older. And I realized that's what my dad meant by when he said, don't be the guy that finds four quarters and claim it wasn't a dollar bill. Because it's like, if you have a goal or if something's supposed to happen, maybe it happens, but if it doesn't happen the way that you want it to be, mm-hmm. why are you still up, upset? The, right. the, the, the end goal is still the same. The process might not have been what you wanted it to be, but a dollar bill and four quarters is still the same. Wow. I love that. No, I love yeah. that. That's the, that's, that's the one right there. Um, you right, lady. That's the one right there. Uh, you guys can My find. Dad be keeping me straight. Like, right he be like, on your toes. Let me tell you something, okay? I'd be mm-hmm. like, yes, sir. He'd be like, man. And, like, the stuff he says, I'm like, how does this nigga come up with I'm like, how do he, I'm like, I'm like, how does he know this, like, this like like he just says stuff and you're like god damn yeah okay. that's how my mom yes, is sir. for me my daddy crazy as hell but my mama she on point with those. yeah <laughs> <laughs> love that so you guys can keep up with kelvin and notoriously dapper.com at kelvin davis k-e-l-v-i-n uh, d-a-v-i-s as well as notoriously dapper on tiktok and notoriously dapper on facebook and of course i'll put all of this information in our program notes our it's amused segment was amazing i love uh, come on don't don't be complaining about them four quarters um and it's actually <laughs> that segment is sponsored by demeanor by tiara alexander and is a black owned woman founded contemporary women's brand that provides cocktail attire and elevated capsule pieces to the modern day hyper feminine alpha woman so make sure you check out demeanor use code bnf15 for 15 percent off your first purchase kelvin thank you so much for joining me today side note i have an uncle named kelvin and he and all my family is from batesville mississippi <laughs> Oh, bet. Yeah. Okay, strong. Yeah, so I'm like, because the only other person I've ever seen with that name was my uncle. He actually passed away uh, a couple of years ago, but his name was Kelvin. Yep. And I haven't that's seen awesome. anyone with that name in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. But thank you so much, Kelvin. Um, is there any, like, events or any uh, thing coming out that you'd just like to share before we wrap up? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I am uh, going to be working on a children's book soon, so... Hopefully within the next year or two, that will be out. But yes, I am currently working on a children, children, children's book based off of the actual book that I wrote. But it's going to be about, you know, a young black boy trying to find himself, especially in the fashion world. So, Love yeah. that. Hook me up with your publisher because I'm writing a book right now, too. <laughs> okay. <bet. laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy your evening. And as I always say, people stay black. Peace out. Thank you. All right. Have a good night.